You know, I think my grandkids were born with Nikes on their feet. But it was a big day at our house when Matt and Nikki got their first Nikes. After years of trying to convince them Kmart's running shoes were just as good, I broke down when Nikes were on sale, of course. Nikki got her first pair when she made uh, the junior high track team, and Matt got his because I felt sorry for him. <laughs> but I can still see him running around the room and jumping to show me uh, what he could do with Nikes. You know, after all, Nikes make you a winner, or at least they make you look like one. And as a result, they have become the most recognizable shoe in the world and a household name. The name originated, however, in Greek mythology. Nike was the winged goddess who fought on the side of Zeus in the battle against the Titans, and thus became a symbol of victory. And when Marilyn and I were in Ephesus last September, we saw an ancient stone relief of Nike among the ruins. That's my goddess in the far right corner, and then we'll see Nike up ahead of us. There she is. There she is. That's Nike. Well, the primitive Greek word really isn't Nike, it's Nike, long A, but it's been changed to Nike in the popular vernacular. And the original word is found only once in the New Testament, in 1 John 5.4. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith is the Nike, the victory that overcomes the world. Or at least, it should be. Sadly, experience has shown that not everyone's faith gives them victory. Many Christians have been defeated by the world. Some of us may even find ourselves giving in to the pressures of the world or caving in to its values. So how can we have a faith that doesn't fail? How can we have a Nike faith? Well, I think John tells us how. In fact, I think he gives us three steps to a Nike faith in our text for today. See if you can pick them out. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And whoever loves the Father loves the child born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And who is the one who overcomes the world? but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Three steps to a Nike faith are believe, love, and obey. The victorious faith begins and ends with belief in Christ. 
The first verse of our passage says, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And the last verse says, And who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Belief in Christ is the first step to a victorious Nike faith. Make sure you do notice, however, that it's belief in Christ, not belief in general. You know, simple belief that you can win may be the key to winning a race. Belief in yourself can help you push to your limits, like the little train that chugged, I think I can, I think I can. Simple faith may help you accomplish some things, but you won't overcome the world by simply believing you can just do it. You must believe in Jesus. He is the one who has overcome the world, and it's through Him that we find victory. You know, many have faith in faith and think that's good enough. You know, I have faith. I believe things will work out. I, I believe I'll win. Well, if you have faith in faith, what happens when your faith falls short? When you lose? When something doesn't work out? If it doesn't crumble, it at least becomes vulnerable and you lose confidence in your faith. You may hang on to it like Pollyanna, but it's being stretched. And if it gets stretched too far, it will snap. I thought I could make it. I thought things would work out, but they didn't. If our faith is in faith itself, there's no guarantee of victory. But if our faith is centered on a person who's already won, who's promised to make us a winner and has the power to make us a winner, it's a sure thing. If your faith is in Christ, you're on the road to victory. Nothing could defeat him, not even death itself. And if we believe in him, death will not defeat us. If we have faith in Him, we too will rise again. And if death can't defeat us, nothing can. You know, Jesus is God's Son sent from God to give us victory over sin and death. He's the only begotten Son of God, but through Him we become children of God. Through Him... We can be born of God, born again, and whatever is born of God overcomes the world. When we're born into a familial relationship with God, He becomes more than just our Creator. He becomes our Heavenly Father. If we understand that and really believe it, we're on our way to victory. And we can lose a battle. We can lose a lot of battles. We can even go through the valley of the shadow of death with confidence because we know we're going to win in the end. Jesus has already proven it. He won. He won. And if we believe in Him, we will win as well. 
If our faith is in Jesus, it's in the right place. We've got the right belief, and that's the first step to a Nike faith. The second step is love. Our belief in Jesus brings us into the family of God. And when we grasp what our Heavenly Father did to make it possible for us to be adopted back into the family of God, a powerful emotion bonds us to Him. We really love Him. And when you love someone, you believe in them. You believe in them even when things don't look good. And you always give them the benefit of the doubt. Even when others shake their heads and walk away, you stick with them because you know them and love them. Nike faith is grounded in love, an unshakable love for our Heavenly Father and a love that flows through us into the rest of the family. John said, if we love the Father... We'll love the children born of Him. We'll love the rest of His children. We'll love our brothers and sisters in the faith. We will love the church. And that is crucial, crucial to a Nike faith. Overcoming the world is not an individual event. It's a team effort. We need each other. The world is a formidable foe, and we can't win by ourselves. We need brothers and sisters who will stand with us, fight with us, watch our back, and nurse us back to spiritual health when we're wounded. One of my favorite war movies was Glory, the story of a black regiment in the Civil War. And my favorite scene takes place the night before the big battle when They were all praying and singing around a campfire. In the midst of their praying and singing, they asked the one soldier who always acted like he didn't need anyone else to share his thoughts. When he did, he admitted that he did love the regiment and that they had become his family. He knew he could count on them and they could count on him. They went into battle the next day assured of victory, even if they lost the battle, even if they lost their lives, they knew they were on the winning side. We too are assured of victory. If we're standing with those born of God, we can't lose. That's why it's so important that we get to know each other and grow to love each other and learn to depend on each other. You know, fellowship in a church is not an option. Your relationship with other Christians often makes the difference between a Nike faith and a faith that fails. We've been commanded to love one another. And obedience to God's commands is the final step to a Nike faith.
We demonstrate our love for God through obedience. We observe His laws. We keep His commandments. We do what He tells us to do. And His commandments are not burdensome. They are not a weight intended to crush us. His commandments, if followed, are the road to life and victory. You know, God is love, and His commandments are not oppressive. They are expressions of love. He knows what's best. He knows what will work. He knows what we need. He didn't simply offer suggestions for living, hoping we might take them. He loves us too much for that. He gave us commandments. And if we don't follow them, we will fail. Many Christians seem to think they can do whatever they want and still be blessed by God and live victoriously. But that's not possible. Not possible. We're not alone in the world, and the battles we're fighting are not of this world. Paul made that very clear in Ephesians 6.12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. There are spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places, and they want to destroy us and our relationship with God. But God is there also, and He knows what's going on. He knows the struggles we face on earth, and He's drawn up a battle plan that will assure our victory. His plan was revealed to the Apostle Paul. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. The final step to a Nike faith is absolute obedience. Obedience that goes even beyond what we do to what we think. If we're going to win, we must take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. We don't just do what He's told us to do. We conform our thinking to His thinking. We refuse to allow our minds to stray from God. We've got spiritual enemies, and they will try to overwhelm us through academic or political speculation. They'll make what the world has to say make sense. They'll raise up lofty things that challenge our beliefs, our faith, our knowledge of God. They'll even try to convince us that we're on the losing side and might as well give up. They'll tell us that science has made our religious faith unnecessary and irrelevant. 
and that we must forget everything we thought we knew about the past and accept progressive political policies that are the only hope for the future. When that happens, we take our thoughts captive. We stop listening to voices in the air or on the internet that might lure us away from faith in God or that make us respond in ways that are unbecoming a child of God. We stop filling our mind with things that make us hateful or vengeful or make us lose hope and think on those things that Paul told us to let our mind dwell upon. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. The enemy isn't just out there in the world. He's attacking from within from inside our head. The enemy is within us. He has invaded our mind. So we fight spiritual warfare by taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And then with the help of our brothers and sisters, we conform our lives to those obedient thoughts. That's how we win. That's how we make our faith Nike faith, victorious faith. We believe in Christ and put our faith in Him. We love God and His people and face battles together. And we obey the commands of God by taking captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. I think the old hymn summarizes it pretty well, trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus. And there's no other way to find victory. If you want victory in life, you must pledge obedience to your commander-in-chief and then go confidently into battle, trusting him and your fellow soldiers as together we follow his commands. If you've not named Christ as the commander of your soul and pledged your allegiance to this body of believers, we invite you to do so today. 